millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Relentless Dairy on Podbean.com. Welcome to Land of Bourbon and Bad Decisions. This is Relentless Daring, live on podbean.com, or you're listening on demand on your uh, favorite podcast apps. Uh, seeing some uh, people jump into the live chat here. Pretty Princess Steve, host of the Relentless Daring live cast chat room. Yes, I couldn't think of anyone better to be in charge of that. And, <laughs> well, it's maybe Die, but Die's not there yet, so we will have to make do. But first, let's give a shout-out to one of my amazing sponsors, the wonderful people over at Built Bar who make the finest, nay, dare I say, the greatest protein bars of all time because, face it, if you're trying to eat healthy, you... Some of the food out there, it, it, yeah, it's good for you, but it's crap. It tastes like cardboard. It has the consistency of dried vegetation that's been pressed into a bar. and ugh. But with Built Bars, these are all natural ingredients. They're all dipped in either 100% dark chocolate or white chocolate for some of the more special varieties. Uh, they, they get some of these really super decadent, uh, that had like chunks of cookie dough or brownie bites in them. They're absolutely amazing. Um, right now, uh, this ran through doing the, uh, the grasshopper, uh, grasshopper cookie bars. Oh my God. The, absolutely the best protein bar you will ever buy. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code RELENTLESS, save 10%, or you can click that promo code or or the link in the show notes. BuiltBar.com, the absolute best protein bars on the market. So, this week has been kind of crazy, and I say that every week. It never gets better. It's ridiculous. However... One of the biggest admissions that we probably all kind of knew if we were over here on the uh, conservative side of things is that, well, Facebook has been uh, getting direction on how to squash anyone who's getting traction. And uh, one of the stories that I have here that goes into all this Facebook stuff is from... uh, Neiman Lab, where they're looking at all the stuff that's going on with Facebook and uh, internet traffic and traffic monitoring and all that. 
Uh, since last year, New York Times tech columnist Kevin Roos has been using Facebook's data analytics tool, CrowdTangle, for a purpose the company doesn't like. To show that the posts with the most engagement on Facebook uh, are far more, far more likely to come from right-wing commentators. <laughs> he tweets the most engaged posts each day. Facebook has pushed back, insisting, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, the posts with the high engagement on Facebook aren't what most people actually see. Huh. Reach is a more important metric, they insist, but the company doesn't make tech data public. It, meanwhile, at Facebook's top 10, tweets on... Painting a similar Ben Shapiro and Fox News filled picture every day now that Trump himself is banned from the platform. On Wednesday, Roos wrote about the battle inside Facebook over data transparency and how much the social media should reveal about its inner workings. Specifically in relation to Roos's use of the CrowdTangle feature, some executives argue that Facebook should be as transparent as possible about the content and on which does well on its platform. Others argue that Facebook should release only carefully curated reports. Basically, Facebook does not want people seeing that, ooh, yeah, those those right-wing guys, they, they do way better all this stuff than the crazy left-wing nuts. I wonder why that is. Huh. Um, what basically what boils down to is using social media via, uh, getting your information out there, as long as it's not anything that's dangerous or misinformation, you can, the right has a tendency to do a better job pushing the narrative or not necessarily pushing a narrative, but pushing the facts. And people want the facts. We've been fed a narrative for so freaking long that people are tired of narratives. They want truth. They don't care if the truth is on the left. They don't care if the truth is on the right. They want the truth, period, in the story. Uh, one, of the, one of the big things I've said about all of the, uh, the election fraud coverage is lay all the information out. If it shows that voter fraud did not occur, voter fraud didn't occur, and I, and I will accept it. However, if it shows that voter fraud did occur, well, then why are people getting all butthurt about places like Georgia and Texas and all these other states that are trying to tighten up, not make the elections more restrictive, but just trying to tighten up security? Because, you know, 10 years ago, Texas passed the ever-so-hateful, racist, bigoted voter ID law that, oh, it, uh, the minorities aren't going to be able to vote in the state of Texas because they can't get IDs. Well, after voter ID, there's been a flourishing of voting. More people vote now in Texas's elections 
than before voter ID went into effect. But the problem is, the true problem lies in pushing pushing against government-fed narratives. We see this all the time. Um, one of the people I follow on Facebook is uh, Steve Dace of the Steve Dace Show on The Blaze. This is not a paid advertisement. Aaron, please send the check under the table. Send it to a different address. I'll, I'll forward it to you later. Um, but he has routinely said that Ah, the overlords at uh, Facebook have allowed us to have five new subscribers and we lost 25. <laughs> and like I said, we see it all the time. We see it on YouTube where videos that hit hard and they're fact-based. The, the work is shown. The sources are laid out. Ah... That that video is dangerous and full of misinformation. You have you have to edit it. You have to take it down. There's some sort of strike against it. Blah. And for the last several years, if you point out it's like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's slow your roll. Now, I understand Facebook is a private company. Twitter is a private company. YouTube, Rumble, Parler, all of these are private companies. However, at what point do we have to say, okay, governments were instituted amongst men to protect God-given rights, including including but not limited to life, Liberty in the pursuit of happiness. And and this is where more libertarian-leaning people tend to uh, shy away from me because it's a private company. The government can't do anything. Well, what if the private companies are working with Washington, D.C., working with the federal government? And the government is telling them, hey, take this stuff down. And they do. Hey, push back against this. Here's you know, here's the facts that we have that are approved and that we want you to use to you know, push back with them. Well, at what point do we stop being a private company Engaged in perfectly legal and perfectly acceptable content moderation, which don't get me wrong, I think there's a place for content moderation. If you have it in your user terms agreement, I will not say racist things. I will not threaten to kill people. I will not ask other people to visit harm on other people. I will not dox people. If they give you a clear set list of guidelines that says, okay, you want to use our platform? Don't do these things. Then, then when a person violates it, well, yeah, you have all the room in the world to say, hey, you have to take that post down, or hey, we're canceling your account. Apparently, on a former account of mine on Twitter, calling 
a certain potato-shaped commentator on CNN, (laughs) uh, potato-shaped commentator. No, you look like an idiot. Hey. Uh, Calling a certain potato-shaped commentator that, telling him that he's a pansy repeatedly, Apparently, that goes against their rules against targeted harassment. And so there's a certain iteration of Twitter account that I existed on that no longer exists. Uh, Pretty Princess Steve in the chat room says, If government is involved in the process at all, it should be considered censorship and a violation of the First Amendment. I've also heard the argument that because they get certain protections via Section 230, that they also should be entitled to the receiving end of government control because, whoa, 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 we gave you this protection that says if you set the rules down, here's what you can't do. And you go after people for anything other than these rules that they've agreed to they should be able to step in. Um, again, I cannot detain somebody against their will unless I'm making a citizen's arrest. I just can't snatch somebody off the street because you know, it's a violating their liberty. I can't go take their stuff. I can't rob them because that's violating their pursuit of happiness, their property. But if if I go firebomb their church, I'm attacking their religion. Of course, they'll only do anything about, you know, the religion aspect of it if, you know, they're a protected religion, like Muslims. I can't go burn a mosque. I burn a synagogue. You're an anti-Semite. And so we're going to attack on more time because of your motivations. There, There's times where life, liberty, pursuit of happiness is obviously protected. I can't go kill you for the sake of killing you because, hey, you have the God-given right to be alive. I know, don't tell an abortion nut that because, ah, you don't have a right to live. So saith the living person. Can I kill you? Ah, no. It's absolute craziness. Nuts. So here we have our freedom of speech being violated by private companies because they're not the government. The Constitution doesn't apply to private entities. Yet they can shut us down. I'm pretty sure I'm doing this live on Facebook at the same time I'm doing the live stream on Podbean. And I don't know how long this video will stay up because, you know, I'm coming out against Facebook and I, there's a strong possibility I'm going to get zucked over it. But it, it's ridiculous, though, that Facebook is pushing and trying to fight against people who are being effective. They, they downplay the, the number of interactions, comments, likes, shares. 
and they go for views. A view doesn't really mean anything. If if someone stops and clicks on clicks on a post that I make, yeah, it's a view. Their eyes have been their eyes were attracted to it and then they scrolled on. What's more important though, in my opinion, is the actual interactions. When someone comments on it, either A, they're supporting what you have to say, or B, they, they're taking issue with what you had to say, and they're discussing it or insulting you on the two. Trolls love to troll regardless of anything that the trolls are actually accomplishing. <laughs> Steve says, ah, it's nice knowing you. Be, make sure you update uh, if you make a new Book of Faces page. <laughs> I would never create another account in order to get around being permanently banned by a social media platform. If you see the date on this piece of paper, it is today's date. I did not ever say that I have worked to go around a permanent suspension from a social media platform ever. <laughs> But no, it's absolutely nuts. And then the news came out this week. Oh, you know, Jen Saki, Jen Pasaki herself. If I can get this to uh, separate out here. Uh, this is coming out of the Federalist. White House brags about colluding with tech oligarchs to suppress dissent. Ah. <laughs> Uh, the White House Press Secretary, Jim Pasaki, or as uh, Lady Di calls her, Peppermint Patty. I'll circle back on that one here in a bit. Uh, Jim Pasaki admitted the Biden administration is colluding with corrupt big tech oligarchs to suppress dissent on social media platforms. During the White House press briefing on Thursday, uh, Saki said that the administration is regularly, quote, flagging problematic posts for Facebook that spread disinformation, end quote. We are in regular touch with the social media platforms, and those engagements typically happen through members of our senior staff, but also members of our COVID-19 team. Huh. But if you say they're working with the government before she said this, you're just a crazy conspiracy theorist. Where's your tinfoil hat? Why would the government want to stop people from having open and honest discussion about treatment options or you know, real actual real-world numbers for COVID illness and COVID death? Not just what the government spoon feeds them every day. The press secretary also admitted the Democrat administration will continue to build on its influencer-led propaganda campaign to boost trusted content. We're working with doctors and medical professionals to connect medical experts who are popular with their audiences with accurate information and boost trusted content. We're helping get trusted content out there. We're also investing as as. You will have seen in the president, the vice president, Dr. Fauci's time in meeting with influencers who are who 
also have large reaches to a lot of these target audiences who can spread and share accurate information. You saw an example of that yesterday. Saki also communicated the desire from the U.S. Surgeon General's office to increase, quote, disinformation research. Specifically surrounding COVID-19 vaccine content and the administration can counter. She also stated the White House will urge Silicon Valley giants to provide publicly and transparently Rob, this one caught me off guard because I'm cold reading and I don't know if she said it this way or if this has just a very bad transcriptionist putting this sentence together. She also stated the White House will urge Silicon Valley giants to provide publicly and transparently data on the reach of COVID vaccine information. But wait, are, are, are back to the first article, are we talking people's got eyes on it and just kept scrolling? Someone who clicked on it, shrugged, it's like, eh, I don't believe it. Or we're talking people who looked at it said, yeah, I kind of agree with this. Interaction with an emoji. They liked it. Are we talking, they they thought it was bullcrap, so they commented, hey, this article is bunk, and I'm going to post, and I'm going to post a, a counter narrative to what you just shared. <laughs> uh, Pretty Princess Steve, he has cut to the quick, and he has come up with a translation of everything Jim Pasaki said. This is Steve saying this, not me. If you keep seeing me look over my left shoulder on the Facebook video, it's because his comments are on the giant TV screen over my desk. Translation, we have been coordinating with big tech social media in order to introduce the ministry of truth, war is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is truth. No, 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 die. I don't want to call her peppermint patty. She's Jim Pasaki because she Pasucks, which you can get your Pasaki Pasucks coffee cups at relentlessdaring.com slash shop. All right, uh, not just engagement, but the reach of misinformation and the audience it's reaching will help us ensure that we're getting accurate information to people. This should be provided not just to researchers, but to the public so the public knows and understands what the act, what is accurate and inaccurate. Yes, because being told by the Pointer Institute, a George Soros-funded organization that leans incredibly left, that had to be sued because those moose knuckles decided that, oh, all these, uh, all these news organizations, they're, uh, they're all fake news. Yeah, that one didn't hold up. They, they retracted that as soon as the lawsuit started coming in. Another Democrat-backed initiative the White House hopes to see social media companies do is act faster against harmful posts. 
information travels quite quickly on social media platforms. Sometimes it's not accurate and Facebook needs to move more quickly to remove harmful, violative. Is that even a word? Violative? My face. Uh, of course, my Facebook. Of course, now I'll do this. Ha! I just killed the video because I could. Ladies and gentlemen, the joys of doing things live and trying to figure it out as you go. Sometimes technology wants to kick you right in the butt. But yeah, it's... All this is just absolutely insane. It's asinine. Because... There were certain presidents in the past, and uh, there's this guy, uh, he's featured prominently in this book called The Bible. He's in the first half of it, the the, the Old Testament. Uh, His name was Solomon. So the Solomon guy was really smart. I mean, I really don't know how smart he was because of how many wives and concubines he had and... Oh, dear God, that's a lot of estrogen to have to put up with on the daily basis. But hey, you know what? If you can do it, do it, by all means. But the Solomon guy said something very smart. There is nothing new under the sun. So now we have... We have an administration talking about, well, we need these people to go faster. Do it faster. Well, what could have a faster faster response to people to things that they're actually looking for than the government just taking over? And again, installing a ministry of truth. And we, we saw, we've seen this in the past in the United States. Under certain presidents, like the true fascist president of the United States, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. You know, the, 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 the Blue Eagle, if you don't have the Blue Eagle in your window, the government's going to go out of their way to put you out of business? Yeah. Or America's proto-fascist, Woodrow Wilson, who, similarly to Joe Biden, was completely uh, mentally devoid and unable to function. In his case, it was a stroke versus just old age and dementia. And... His very strong, loving wife was making all the decisions on behalf of Woodrow Wilson because she wasn't even more of a true believer than he was. Or or we can go somewhere between, between the rise and fall of Wilson and the rise of, of FDR. We can go, I don't know, Europe, where another person is just 
you know what? We are going to work collectively as a country, but we're going to have a strong man in charge of it, and that strong man is me, Benito Mussolini. Or we're go- or we go to another country, and we- let- let's couch all this in, in rampant nationalism. And we'll find people to scapegoat because they're, they're, they're telling, they're telling fake things. It's, it's their fault that we're in the situation we are because they're not wearing masks. I mean, because those Jews want to keep all their, keep all the money. They want to keep you down because you're a German. They're just Jews and they're evil. You know, you may have heard of this guy. He's a failed landscape artist. His name was Hitler. He couched he couched his rise of fascism, which is contrary to pop culture belief, a left-wing ideology because it's involved in collectivization. Yes, they may allow you to keep property, but hey, hey, we, hey, Dossler brothers, we know this is your family shoe business, and we're going to let you keep the family shoe business, but... We're going to kick you out, make you go to war, and now you're going to build uh now you're going to build Panzerfaust. Yeah. You're going to build bazookas for the war effort. Again, the government telling private business what they're going to do, but couching it in nationalism. <laughs> Steve asks us that Hitler guy did he get blown up in a French theater? I, I, I saw that in a documentary once. I did too, but I, it's been a while. And all I know is there was a bear Jew who really enjoyed beating people with baseball bats in that documentary. So, I mean, it's possible. I don't know. I mean, Howard Zinn gets away with recreating history and telling it as it didn't actually happen. So, And Oliver Stone turns it into a movie, so why not? Anything is anything is possible these days. Yay. Yay. Postmodernism and deconstructional history. Alright, I'm gonna take a quick break and I will be right back. This is Tyler from Relentless Daring, and I am launching the brand new RelentlessDaring.com merch shop. Instead of having to go to a third-party vendor, now you can do everything right there at RelentlessDaring.com. If you want to buy merch, go to RelentlessDaring.com slash shop, and there you can get hats, you can get t-shirts, you can get hoodies, you can get coffee cups, you can get stickers. Go there today to show your love for the Relentless Daring podcast, and as always, stay relentless. Drizzly is the leading home alcohol delivery service available. Imagine being able to sit at home and pull up your smartphone and browse your favorite wine, beer, spirits, and then have it delivered to your home in as little as one hour. Go to drizzly.com or check out the link in the show notes and start shopping today. Not available in all areas? Please drink responsibly. Drizzly.com. 
All right, getting back into it. Um, before I go and I'm getting ready to talk about our amazing and illustrious government yet again and their response towards Cuba, I would like to make an announcement. If you have not been following me on Twitter or the Facebooks, the Relentless Daring Media Production family has a new co-producer in training. In training. He is still not allowed to run anything on his own yet. But uh, today we rescued a green-winged macaw. Uh, his name, it, he is now going to be producer Wrigley. As in Wrigley Field. So, yes, all you Cubs fans are going to point and laugh at this poor Cardinals fan who has a parrot named after our arch nemesis home stadium. It's cool. I can live with it. But, no, it's it's awesome. And so happy to have him. Uh, it's going to take a little bit because, like I said, he's kind of a rescue. He... He was owned by some older people. I think he got to be a little too much. And you know, his feathers weren't all bright and super colorful. They're really dark. So I was like, okay, you need some better food. That's cool. That's an easy one. And then after we got him in his cage, after we got you know put back together here at the house, uh, notice that you know he had some plucking going on. So yeah, it means we have some. Uh, he has some work to do with them. It could be a handful, but you know what? We love our critters, so we're more than happy to uh, take this three-foot-long, noisy, squawking bird into our home. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, no, that's great. And also, be listening later in this week. Uh I was able to do an interview with the one, the only, and now three-time guest on Relentless Daring, Andrew Heaton, discussing his new book, Los Angeles is Hideous, Poems About an Ugly City. It was a great chat. Uh, it's not going to be like the full one-hour episode. It's going to be uh, probably 30, 45 minutes by the time I get all the editing done. But it was just a fun time talking to him about his his wonderful, <laughs> amazing experiences in Southern California. So, yeah. Be looking for that later this week. I still have to get, he said, did the interview yesterday. I have not had any chance to uh, do any editing on it. So, like I said, great conversation. Ready to share that. And, of course, um, Andrew now claims that because he has been a guest on the show for you know, for three episodes. Legally, he is now, uh, should be credited as a co-host. I don't think that's going to happen, Andrew. I love you. Um, you will be an official ambassador. I'm having the, uh, I'm having our head, head of the, uh, interstate department, uh, Copper, our English Mastiff. She's She's drooling on the uh, official ambassador paperwork right now for Andrew, so that's good. You know, he anytime he wants to come up here from Oklahoma and join me in the show, and by all means, love to have him as an ambassador. 
<laughs> so, anyways, now I've got that little bit out of the way. You have to uh, talk about our response to Cuba because it has been absolutely abhorrent. Uh, but it's in previous administrations when the people of an oppressed nation rise up, the United States is always the first in line to say we support the people. And I know that really changed under the Obama administration. Because under the Obama administration, we saw this in Iran, where we had the ability to foment a color revolution in Iran and overthrow the Ayatollah and all the mullahs. But we didn't. There were some uh, some half-hearted, limp-wristed, we support the people of Iran, and we ask that the government step down and not be so violent against the people, or else we will have to send inhalators so that they can breathe properly after being clubbed in the heads by the Iranian Republican Guard. Oh. And then we saw it again here in Cuba with the with the Biden administration coming at starting out with Jen Psaki. Ah well like I said, Saki sucks. Get your mug, relentlessdaring.com slash shop. Well they're, they're protesting because they don't have they can't get access to proper treatment or vaccines for COVID and blah 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 blah. Yes, that's why they were in the streets yelling Libertad, 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 which is Spanish for freedom, as opposed to San Diego, which is German for a whale's vagina, but we won't go there. And it's at the point where, you know, people, again, we, we see this happen in waves where you get refugees building rafts, or as one person called them, uh, car canoes, and floating the 90 miles from the northern shore of Cuba to Key West through shark-infested waters where if you lose the wind, you could be stuck out there for a hot minute. Oh, uh... Princess Steve use, says they uh, use the the doctor. Jill Biden Spanish to English translation. Libertad means we want vaccines. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure, Dr. Biden, that would be uh, mas vaccinones. I don't know. I don't speak Spanish. I know mas is more. Because whenever you go to the bar, you order dos cervezas, and you always ask for uno mas. 
But yeah, so you have people again starting to flood the channel between Cuba and Key West with their, you know, with their tires and car hoods and driftwood, you know, washing machines, whatever it is they can make float to try to get across that stretch of water. And these are people who the one of the most legitimate arguments for we need amnesty. And the policy has always been if they set foot on U.S. soil, we will work with them to grant them amnesty. Unless they're six years old, picked up by a fisherman, and then, you know, the fisherman sets them on American soil, then that's just cheating. And, you know, we have to send a SWAT team to kidnap, I mean, apprehend, I got dang it, to take into custody for deportation, a six-year-old boy. Yeah, Janet Reno, that's definitely that's definitely on your uh, list of great accomplishments. Like, mur- like the uh, murder of almost an entire family in the hills of Idaho or burning down a compound with and killing 90-some-odd women and children. Brilliant work there. I swear that woman should have just gone back to wherever she came from and went back to wrestling alligators. She would have been far more effective. But so now it's at the point where, you know, the, uh, was it Homeland Security Secretary uh, Mayorkas? Alejandro Mayorkas is coming out and saying, do not come. You will be turned back if you try. (laughs) Wait, what? Since when did the United States say, hey, yeah, we know you're coming from this oppressive nation where if you turn up back on the shores, you're going to be disappeared. But yeah, we got to send you back. Wait, what? Since when is this policy? We have rolled back funding on the government radio station that broadcasts pro-America messages to the Cubans. I mean, we suddenly, our government suddenly doesn't give a rat's ass about victims of communist oppression 90 miles away. I mean, frankly, it, it, it sounds more like there's the wrong shade of brown. They want they want mainland brown people. You know, from Mexico and other Central American countries. They don't want Caribbean brown people. Except for Port well, they get they get Puerto Ricans just because uh Puerto Ricans Puerto Rico is an American country. Colony, I mean, territory. Oh my God, the leftists are getting to me where I'm calling, calling Puerto Rico and Guam colonies. But yeah, uh, Princess Steve's—they never cared about the victims, only the perpetrators. 
That's because they usually support the perpetrators. And Lady Di says, yeah, the reason they're not welcome here is because they vote Republican. (gasps) Shocker. It's almost like if they've lived under what keeps getting proposed by crazy people like Bernie Sanders and AOC, they would rather have absolute anarchy than what's being proposed to them. Again, shocker. And we've even you know, stopped sending aid to them. It, now it's to the point where a Florida boat owners are running supplies to the embattled protesters. And this is out of Daily Wire. Florida residents are using their own boats to attempt food and supply runs to aid pro-democracy protesters in Cuba. A large group of boaters left Monday for the island packed with food, water, medicine, according to CBS affiliate in Miami. We're just bringing supplies. They're trying to create a group to take on water, food, medicine, whatever we can take to take to Cuba. We're just waiting for the approval so we can enter and give it to them. Boaters are attempting the trip, despite warnings from the U.S. Coast Guard not to attempt unsanctioned trips to Cuba. Huh. Quote, As a humanitarian organization with a core mission of protecting lives at sea, we echo the message of many U.S. leaders in support of the Cuban people exercising their fundamental right of freedom of expression and assembly. But also remind anyone considering a migrant voyage to not take to the sea, the Coast Guard said in a statement Monday. The transit is dangerous and unforgiving as nearly 20 lives were tragically lost in recent weeks as a result of these dangerous voyages. Yes, they would rather have hundreds of people die of exposure while trying to cross the deserts in Mexico and the southwest United States and coming that way. The improvised aid runs come as Cuban government is reportedly violently cracking down on massive democracy demonstrations. Protesters flooded Cuban streets over the weekend calling for an end to the island's oppressive communist regime. The government has responded by arresting, beating, and killing protesters, according to reports. Cuba's president, Miguel Diaz-Canel, has threatened protesters to return to their homes and all pro-democracy demonstrations. Reports said the president is setting up a civil war in the country between protesters and the regime's supporters. Yeah, it goes on. Uh, Marco Rubio pressed for more U.S. involvement. Yay. For democracy in Cuba in a speech from the Senate floor on Monday, Rubio, who, who is of Cuban descent, called on President Joe Biden to make it a top priority to allow the people of Cuba to have free and unfettered open Internet access which the Cuban government has blacked out amid the unrest. But yeah. It, 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 all it takes is a few, takes a few bad apples to ruin the bunch, as the old expression says. Look at the police department. You have one or two racist buttheads. You have one or two people who, you know, Oh, you were jaywalking? They're going to club you with the nightstick. You you get a few of those, and the whole police department's bad. We see this nationwide. It's not exactly shocking. 
But, you know, when it comes to government, all, all you can say is uh, we have one or two good people there, and that's about it. All the bureaucrats are looking at protecting the bureaucracy because bureaucracy is like a virus. It, it exists to, you know, to promulgate itself and to just keep going. You know, and it affects everything it touches. However, you know, the the one or two you get in the Congress in oversight positions, <laughs> nine times out of ten, they're completely feckless, and they don't have the balls to actually make anything happen. So... I mean, I I pray for these Cuban people and everything that they're fighting for. And frankly, I wish we could see more of that here in the United States. Yeah, sure, people are, are willing to march whenever they see, oh, this is all racist. We must end the racism. But where are the massive, you know, un, unmasked protests in places like California, New York. Where are the old people trying to wheel themselves out of the nursing homes because Andrew Cuomo has been trying to murder them by installing sick people there since the beginning of COVID? It's nuts. We need people who are willing to push back against government. Period. End of story. Unfortunately, you know, we have so many people who are just like, yeah, well, I'm just one person. Yeah, I, I really don't agree with that, but I'm just one person. What's one person going to do? I'm just one person, and I'm at least trying to get my voice out there. That way, maybe people will hear it and go, oh, well, he's got some great ideas. You know, maybe it inspires them. Because I, my days of direct action are, they're done. I ain't going to lie. And I suck at, or, at organizing people. But if I can, if I can get people to at least think and maybe inspire them to go out and do it by all that's one of the things I hope to accomplish with this and I don't have to be the face of a movement but if I can at least get people to start moving and start moving on their own hey I will take every victory I can get All right, that's going to wrap up this week's show. Again, everyone who is in the live chat, thank you so very much for joining me for the show. Those of you who are listening on podcasts, specifically Apple Podcasts, I ask the same four things every week. Number one, please subscribe. Get those numbers up because right now, I come on, they're, they're rookie. Those, those are rookie numbers in this racket. Yeah, get those numbers up. Number two, I ask that you... 
please leave a rating, preferably five stars. I will accept four, maybe even three, but I would prefer five. Number three, I ask that you write a nice review. That way when people, you know, it pops up as, hey, you might like this show. They read the reviews and go, oh, people generally like this guy. Except for that guy. I wonder what his problem was. And finally, last thing I ask is that you share this podcast. Send it to someone who you think will enjoy the show. Send it to someone who you think this show will drive them absolutely bonkers because they're a crazy liberal nut job. Either way, I'm good with that. Again, thank you so very much. If you want to support the show, remember I do. I, this show is funded via donations from you, the ever-gracious listeners. So go to RelentlessDaring.com at the top of the page. You will see that donate button. Click it. And you'll be taken to a PayPal site where you can set up a one-time or a recurring donation. And again, or you can go check out the merch shop. And again, everything that you buy or donate to goes into the show to make it better or to, you know, make the overhead, you know, podcast hosting, website hosting, you know, pay those bills and keep this show going. Again, thank you so much for listening. And as always... Stay relentless. This is Relentless Dairy on Podbean.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.